0: What's good, my people? August 3rd, 2020, Dong City. Remote location, I'm not telling you where I'm at. Henry Maldonado, Vince Mercandetti, Rob Martinez. Let's get this show popping. Vince, how we doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm not quite as uh, as New York as you now, judging yeah. by your appearance here.
0: Uh, We've been getting so much shit right here. This is what it's about right here. The Bronx versus the world, baby. Everybody's <laughs> stuck, baby. League leading team in MLB, baby. You know me, it is Monday,
1: it is cold, so we are cold-blooded again. I like uh, it. That's, that's what I've got going on. No hat today. we got to get down to business, Henry. We've got a nine-segment Dong City. This is unprecedented, a lot to get to. Let's get right into it with my favorite topic possible, and that is COVID updates. So we're going to have plenty of baseball to get to you. First, we have to handle the business end of the matter, and that is that MLB is still dealing with some covid uh fallout if you will. Last week we brought you the Marlins trying to ruin baseball with um, 17 different positive cases. This week it's the Cardinals. Kind of surprising because they're somewhat competent of a franchise, um, but they decided to go to a casino. Now you're dealing with I think at last check last uh, at least seven positives or seven players positives, 13 altogether. Seven
0: Seven positive six staff members.
1: Six, yeah, so seven players, six staff members. Um, that's the story of the week. Cardinals games canceled through at least until Friday against the Cubs. Uh, I don't think – the Marlins resume action Tuesday, so a little bit of juggling here as far as teams coming in and out of action. Taxi squads, I'm sure, will be used. I know Monte Harrison, along with some other top Marlins prospects, will start to be used um, from that taxi squad. So, Henry, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think these guys are idiots.
1: it's operator error right like this is my thing it's not the mlb protocols if everyone followed mlb protocols you'd be like the other 28 teams where you know Phillies have a little bit but nothing
0: you get these stories and then we don't know what's happening so then you get these these twitter updates because everything is everything is right now we need every all the information we need right now so we need we got twitter updates we get half-assed stories we get Things that come in with very little information, fans react, the season's going to end, we're not playing the season. Like you said, if the protocols are followed, everyone will be fine. We have a taxi squad for a reason. We have a surplus of guys on the roster for a reason for this stuff. They're not expecting for these guys to be assholes and go to a fucking casino and gamble all night. Like, we have dudes in the NBA going to strip clubs for for wings, you know. (laughs) These idiots are going to to, to gamble and play poker. You got to be smarter than that, and this is just stupid. You can't be a player and say, hey – My health this, my health that when you're negotiating, my family's health, I'm doing this, oh my God, we got to get paid because, you know, we're scared, and then turn around and go to the fucking casino. You just can't do that.
1: Yeah, it's completely on the players, and look, Dong City's official stance has been that we hate Rob Manford, we hate the way baseball's run, and we've been talking about it for the past four months, uh, five months. This is on the players, You know, this is on the team and the players. You have got to police yourselves. I mean, you can't be handheld through a pandemic. They've been talking for months about the safety precautions. Every team that follows the safety precautions, COVID, fine. There there are no no positives. They're playing. They're able to play every day. It's the ones who haven't. The two teams who went out and uh, either went to the strip club in Magic City, presumably in Atlanta, or they went to the casino and God knows where. We'll call it the Ozarks. And they're the ones who have their games canceled. And that usually affects one or two other teams just because they were the ones playing them. Um, And now that screws things up. But yeah, it's absolutely on the players in this case. But again, for the Helen Lovejoys of the world clutching their pearls as we go through every single game of this season, MLB's not mishandling it to this degree. I think they need to, it would be preferable if they had faster testing results and maybe less false positives. And if they could get the taxi squad in order sooner than a week later, but other than that, it's really not on MLB. It's really on the players. And we have seen, I think, it, you know, it like we've said, it's going to take a lot more than one or even two teams going through outbreaks, even simultaneously. It's going to take several teams, if not close to half the league, to the point where you can't schedule games for baseball to stop. So for everyone who writes these dumbass blogs that we have to see in baseball life about how we should stop the season and has terrible takes on everything because you can't keep anything in perspective, baseball's not stopping until there's something very serious, either like a death or a very big sickness to a player, or many teams with outbreaks. We haven't seen that. I don't think we're going to see it still. I stick by the – there's nothing indicating to me that baseball's going to stop. At this point, again, I've never guaranteed we're going to get through a World Series – but to say that the season should end every time someone tests positive, coaching staff or otherwise, is just a complete overreaction.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you brought it up about a player getting severely sick. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is pretty serious. And, you know, he's yeah. one of their peers That was before just, the season
1: happened. They would take, you know, you that's would a, think would the, take the it travel. Serious.
0: Yeah, you would think they take it serious saying what he's going through. The man is legitimately going through some real health issues because of this shit. And yeah. to just go out there and – sit out there and go to go party and go do all this other shit i get it give it give me a normal season do whatever you want this season where everyone is on pins and needles you can't be that foolish you can't be that selfish
1: yeah absolutely by the way i'm I'm laughing because manual Manuel, said that, uh, <laughs> that he didn't get the memo on being uh, basically well-kempt with short hair. And that's like the closest I've come to being described as having swag, since I'm being described to look similar to you. So I'm pretty excited over that comment.
0: You're getting closer and closer to being Puerto Rican, I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, that's the Sicilian in me. It just popped out. So.
0: <laughs> a red solo cup, fill it with something, and you good.
1: <laughs> so that's that's where we are on COVID again. No need to panic yet. Um, again, no guarantees. I'm not. I'm not gonna suffer if in October we have to shut the season down because there's a big outbreak in the country. I can't foresee that. But for right now, baseball's still going on. There's nothing to panic about. If you are a Mets fan, <laughs> different story.
0: <laughs> there's plenty of Mets to like I wore my Cuban Miami link in in, in Cespedes' memory because that dude's just a fucking idiot, man. Come on, Ces. Yeah, are we are featuring a
1: cosplay Yohanna Cespedes on this show right now, at tenry on vacation. Oh man. And uh he is MIA. It, it's, he's not MIA now, but apparently what we found out this story became very Mets like over time. It started out as everyone genuinely concerned, except except some Yankee fans, everyone was genuinely concerned about Cespedes' whereabouts um, because the report first was that the Mets didn't know where he was. He didn't show up to the game. The game was about an hour in. They still hadn't found him or heard from him.
0: Yeah, and that and was scary. It, he, for, for that like 90-minute yeah. period, that was pretty scary.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can ask my wife, it, if it gets to my wife, you know that I have some sort of concern. I was telling I'm like, there's a baseball player missing from the planet right now. Like, no one get, in this day and age, if you can't get a hold of someone an hour after game time, that's cause for concern, no matter what the circumstances. But as it turns out, uh, Cespedes, eventually, they heard from him, and it turns out he's opting out from the season, which is kind of a, you know, punch in the dick to Mets fans. But on top of that, now we're seeing these stories where Cespedes uh, apparently had told the Mets before the game that he was opting out, and they went and released this story anyway that they hadn't heard from him. Brandon Nemo himself came out and said that, and they don't, he doesn't know who to believe. <laughs> so the, the Mets playing themselves, basically making a scapegoat of Cespedes for some reason in his walk here, and, uh, and that's where we are. So the Mets like, just looking totally dysfunctional, which is a surprise to no one.
0: It's it's a very met story, but I, I think I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, Cespedes has had a, a career with just weird shit going on, um, you know, getting run over by <laughs> riding the boars and, and getting hurt by the boars. <laughs> yeah, totally outlandish <laughs> he, he's stuff. Just, he's a quirky dude, and and I think he, you know, in this instance, he's selfish, and I think he owes his teammates. And he owes that organization an apology. They gave him a shitload of money, man. You know, they traded for him, they gave up assets, they signed him to a big contract. You know, they took care of him. You know, we shit on the Mets, but they did take care of him. Whether it was the right thing to do or not, they took care of him, they paid him. And he turned around and he's fucked him as many times as he, as he possibly can. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a slap in the face to his peers. It's a slap in the face to the organization. And I wouldn't be mad at them if they took his ass to court and, and you know, tried to, to settle not paying him just on principle.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a clown. There's no other way to describe it. Cespedes is a clown. If I'm a Mets fan, I look at it as, you know, we tried to make this work, right? There were some happy memories, but ever since the extension, they've been pretty much sad memories with Cespedes. Either him not showing up, him, like, having bore accidents, him missing from the earth, him showing off his cars, him being injured. I mean, there's just no happy memories. Mets haven't won a playoff game since 2015 when Cespedes kind of arrived on the scene and and now it, it's sad and it's going to have a sad ending because he's never going to play a game for them again is how i see it and, and uh he, that's,
0: he, he i'm sorry he he was perfect for that lineup to be a DH. It, everything yeah. lined up perfectly for him i mean he got the game winning hit in the opening day he was the, he scored the only run
1: that's that's where i'm caught this wasn't i there are two players and all three players in all of major league baseball i can think of that this was a perfect season for we're gonna mention all three on the show I'm sure there's segments on two of them and one of them is Ioannis Cespedes. Yep. He, he had the DH carved out of the baseball gods for him this season on a team that you and I Henry were both high on to de- yep. varying degrees you had him you know back in February in the World Series obviously a lots happened since then I had them as a wild card contender but we both had them as like a competent roster uh, we both like their cores. And now they're in a situation where they've gotten off to an awful start, which is very un-Mets-like. Usually they have great starts to the season. Cespedes opts out, screws them over, and now they're back at square one again. You know, they still have the core, but this season's totally ruined. I mean, I don't see the Mets making any sort of noise this season with everything that's gone on already five, ten games into the season. And Cespedes out. That was potentially a huge difference maker for you, and he just basically turned his back on the team. I don't buy for a second, by the way, that it's actually COVID-related
0: no i don't either i think that's just something to cover their ass i will say i i think in this instance it's uh it's addition by subtraction they can plug dom smith in that dh spot and and keep going that's true. but i really do think this is an addition by subtraction thing
1: i view it at this point almost as ellsbury like even if ellsbury ever showed he was healthy again i wouldn't want him anywhere near the clubhouse like you weren't you weren't a part of this when it was built you're not a part of it now and everything you've done has been selfish and and not not the culture we want around here. Um, mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that's how I end for Cespedes. Is, is is he's a clown? Someone I'm sure will pick him up in the future. But he didn't even look healthy, honestly, at this point. I know he hit the you know, I think two home runs, but running the first was like painful to watch. I was in pain watching him.
0: Yeah, so, not feeling it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make out of out of that except that. Egg on the face for the Mets again. This time I I'm, I'm with you. This is more on the player than the team, but it just it's it always is something that happens
0: to the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> and, heard, and they're damned yeah.
1: if they do, they're damned if they don't.
0: It's very Mets like, but in this instance, I will give them a pass. I think there's nothing they did wrong in this instance. Um, this right. is all on Cespedes. Yeah,
1: it's. Uh, if I'm, again, if I'm a Mets fan, at this point, they're just about in Knicks territory, and I am a Knicks fan, so I can, I can relate to this, where it's like, even if I'm excited about their roster or moves that they make, I'm not going to say a damn word until this team demonstrates they can be somewhat competent in actual games and actually make noise. Because they just get screwed. Uh, Mets fans get screwed every single year. They get excited for this team. This isn't like some dumb, this isn't like the Pittsburgh Pirates fans who are like, that team died. Like, yeah, I watch baseball, but I don't. Like, Mets fans are passionate. And every single year, something stupid like this happens. And just totally shits all over their fandom.
0: Like your man, uh, Jed Lowry?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Lowry's another one. I just, like, (laughs) what happened to you? I wanted Lowry on the Yankees. I wanted <laughs> it's not like Lowry like That was a
0: terrible I, signing, dude. I had no idea we w- we were gonna get DJ. I didn't think DJ was a legitimate option, and I wanted Lowry. I was like, "Come on, get Lowry!" And we got DJ, and I was like, "Okay, I, I like this." But man, that would have we, we stayed clear of of uh, Ellsbury 2.0 on that one.
1: Yeah, Lowry and DJ to me were, and, you know, anyone who who was talking to me back then knows that I'm a big DJ guy. I was a big DJ guy before he came to the Yankees. But to me, they were like 1A and 1B. I was like, I kind of lean Lowry, like, he's a little bit older, but he's a lefty, and that would fit well in our lineup. But DJ does the same thing from the right side. So if we don't get Lowry, get DJ. Well, they didn't even go after Lowry. They got DJ. It's worked out fantastic for the Yankees. It has been a complete disaster for the Mets, and that's just how it goes.
0: (laughs) I'm still high on the Mets, though. I still I like that collection collection of talent. I like what I, I like. What they can do, they just have to put it together. I know it's a short season, so don't make me yeah. look bad, guys.
1: I don't think it's in the cards in 2020. I think that sentiment remains in 2021, but it's also been there since 2016. So we'll see if it ever actually accumulates in anything. At this point, the Mets are like a, a blizzard report. Like we hear, there we're gonna get a foot of snow. Things are gonna be dangerous, yeah, and uh, you wake up and it's like sleet. I agree. So yeah. that's uh, that's the Cespedes saga. Uh, but let's talk about teams, you know, around the league here. The standings are interesting to say the least, part of its sample size. But as very loud Matt Vaskurson pointed out yesterday, very, uh, very, very loud. Loud Matt Vaskurson pointed out yesterday. You know, we're about 8 to 10 games in, depending on what team we are. And you're looking at, at this point, that's the equivalent of about 25 games. Mm -hmm. Um, That's basically April in a normal season. So you can look at what teams have done so far. Again, it's still very early, even for a 60-game season. But, you know, you got the Yankees 7-1, best winning percentage in baseball. That I don't think was necessarily a surprise, although I will say it is the best start in Yankees history, which kind of surprised me.
0: Yeah, in the so, first eight games, that's the uh, best start in the first eight games of any season. Yes. So, so, you know, we
1: knew the Yankees were going to be good, but in Yankee worlds, to have the best start ever in their franchise is still a feat. Uh, mm-hmm. Twins 7-2, and two, no surprises there. Nope. You go to the NL, though, <laughs> and we've got – I mean, the, the NL East is kind of a joke at this point because the Marlins and Phillies have played three games – uh, Braves are right where they are in first place. That's what we expect. The Mets three three games as well. Yep. Uh, that's surprising. Mets are three and seven. The Cubs, no bullpen whatsoever. Like the worst closer in the league and not really much greatness behind that. They're seven and two. That's a early candidate for egg on my face because I had them missing the playoffs entirely. They're off to a hot start. Credit to the Cubs.
0: Ah, uh, same thing with Colorado, man. I, I didn't have Colorados being a good team and and they started out hot. Um, LA, las you know l a seven and three. I mean that's good, you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. shit on that um, with a
1: plus same, thirty run differential, by the yeah. way.
0: One thing that does surprise me, take a guess.
1: I know what mine is, but uh, the Padres.
0: The Padres, they, they're just fucking hitting everything and scoring yep. every run possible on the board. They do lead the league in run score. But the second-place Baltimore Orioles yeah, with, a negative, sh- with a negative three-run differential in second place, figure that one out. Uh, I can figure it out in
1: one sentence. They swept the Rays, yeah. <laughs> So they went from two and three after getting done being swept in a two-game series by the Yankees to sweeping Tampa into fourth place. Red Sox in last, Rays in fourth, if you're a Yankee fan, rejoice. The Blue Jays are three and four in third. Uh, and then you've got Baltimore five and three. Good for Baltimore. I mean, you know, I they still aren't a very impressive team. I do not think that's going to last. But credit to them for taking out a really good team for a weekend.
0: I don't either. I'm just excited at the fact that I uh... – Said they would not finish last in the division, and so far they're they're doing it, even if they're scoring less runs than they're allowing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the they've got the definition of unsustainable. But enjoy it while it lasts, Orioles fans. You haven't had a lot to celebrate. You're five and three. Why not? The White um, Sox,
0: another team. Um, White Sox are exactly what we thought they would be. They they've scored 50 runs. They've given up 45. I mean, that's that's what they're gonna do. They are positioning
1: themselves to be exactly what I thought they would be, which I is a wild both, card contender.
0: We both nailed that one so far. Some early surprises is, you know, Houston still scoring 52 runs. They're in first place. Mm-hmm. Oakland, I don't know if anyone told Oakland that the season has started. They, they're Matt 5 old, and
1: four, but I think Matt old, disappointing.
0: Chapman, the minute they realize, you know, I'm, I'm the king of their fan club, they just, poof, they, they're gone. They disappeared. I don't know where the hell they've gone basically all
1: of those AOS superstars not getting it done right now. Uh, although the Astros and A's are still above 500 and still scoring runs in the Astros case, even though their best players are not hitting. So See,
0: we can always, what do, what do we always say early in the season? When, when we, um, when we get information, we say what? Oh, projected to do this, projected to do that. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, small sample size. The problem is the whole season is a small sample size. So they don't have, You know, you can't allow that big of a rope to to hang yourself and and to to dig a hole that deep early.
1: You just can't. And that's exactly what the Diamondbacks have done. That's exactly what the Mets have done. That's exactly what the Pirates – the Pirates are one of those teams everyone was like, they get off to hot starts. Look out for them. Well, they're 2-7. and If this season has taught me anything, the first, you know, 10-ish games, it's that – the historical hot starts really don't matter at all. Like, it doesn't – Yankees usually are 500 after 18 games, you know, 20 games.
0: And can't score shit.
1: Yeah, they look terrible. Uh, Royals right where we thought, 3-7. and seven. Angels 3-7, and seven, maybe a little surprising. Not you – know, at least to Leon it's a little surprising. We didn't have them in the playoffs. Um, mm. They have zero pitching whatsoever. Robles has been a complete disaster out of the – I don't even think he's closer anymore. He got bombed back-to-back outings. Dude,
0: a big Albert Pujols mess. hits a grand slam. You guys know I'm the biggest Albert Pujols fan. One of my favorite players ever. Hits a grand slam. I'm excited. And then that Angels bullpen just
1: – Yeah, a run, it ruins a run, it.
0: A run, a run, a run, and they lose the fucking
1: game. Yep. Yeah, so uh, let's get to our first game update. Rob, what do you have for us?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, first update is uh, Phillies, Yankees. Uh, Yankees are up 1-0. Uh, looks like DJ LeMahieu hit a solo home run, leadoff home run opposite field. We have the Mets and the Braves. Um, no score there. Right now there's a delay with the Indians and the Reds. Um, we have a whole, whole lot of um, um, late starts. We have the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Minnesota Twins start at eight ten. We have the White Sox and the Brewers, eight ten start. We have the Royals and Cubs, 8:15 start. We also have the Giants and the Rockies, 8:40 start. The A's and the Mariners, 9-10 start. Game of the week for me, we will speak to, about that later. The Dodgers and the Padres, that's a 9-10 start. And uh, we have a postponement of uh, the Tigers and the Cardinals due to COVID-19. 13 players of the Cardinals are um, tested positive. Back to you guys.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Thank you, Rob. Yeah, a little NL West early showdown there l- late tonight. So
0: I just want to throw something in real quick before we go, which Eddie reminded me. Eddie, what's good, brother? The goat had a baby goat. Mike Trout had his baby boy, and his name, anyone know his name, Vince? You know his name? What are the I initials? Actually
1: saw is it
0: Harper? His name is Bat. Those are his initials. Beckham Aaron Trout.
1: Beckham, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh,
0: did he do that intentionally? I don't know. That's a great question. I do know that there is a uh, a pseudo-baseball reference page for the baby already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, that I saw. And I could not remember what his name was. But, uh, yeah, good for Mike Trout. And as far as I understand, he is returning to the Angels. So big speculation as to how long no, he'd be out. It doesn't seem no like casinos, very long at all. Mike
0: Trout, no casinos, no casinos, no no dice, no poker.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a good guy who would make a great accountant That Mike Trout. Uh, So, yeah, early on, though, that's our analysis as far as the standings go. Again, early, but you're starting to see some stuff, I think. White Sox and Twins lineups, those are exactly what we expected them to be. Yankees' performance, what we expected. Now, Matt brought up earlier, Matt Bushnell brought up the Rays. What's wrong with them at four and six? Um, I haven't watched the Rays too closely, although from what I can see, that pitching is not doing what it should be doing, which is having the best run prevention in baseball. I think that uh, Snell has not looked great, and Morton, I know, I think he had one good start and one bad start, and then the rest of that rotation isn't really a rotation. <laughs> Glassnell's been fine, but after that, you know, it hasn't really been a rotation, and those guys just haven't, you know, they're they're losing close games, but giving up some runs, so I think the pitching's just not there yet for the Rays. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, they were winning some of those close games last year, and again, it's early, but. You every, you have to every game is important, you know. In, in this season, every game is important. But they're they're scoring. Well, let me see what they've scored. They've scored forty six runs and allowed forty four. You're not. Yeah, it's a, it's a plus
1: two run differential. I mean, they should be right around five and five, maybe six and.
0: they four you know, six and, six and five. With you know a game here by one, a game two, like you said, they just got swept by the O's, which is embarrassing. So yeah, you win two instead of losing three, and you know all of a sudden you know, you're six and four and it doesn't look so bad. You're in second place, you know. I expect these standings to look very different when we uh, come on the air next Monday.
1: I do too, especially with the matchups coming up this week, which we'll get to later in the show. Uh, First, I want to go to (laughs) a little debate that's been forming both within the Dong City inner circle as well as uh, around Twitter and and the rest of the world, and that is – We talked about cardboard cutouts last week, Henry, and I know you're a big fan of them, and I am not. Um, I don't like them. I think they're weird. I think they're kind of corny. You like them. You think it adds some personality. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. raised some money as well because they charge for those things. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that you can't choose exactly where the seats are. That bothers me, too. Well, now we saw on the Fox broadcast CGI, which... Thank you, Rob. That was my suggestion when the season started. I was like, just make it like a video game. We'll have CGI and whatnot. And personally, I love it. I, it's not the smartest fans in the world. Judge hits a home run. They're still standing there. They don't have like, yeah, they don't have like celebratory reactions. I don't But like I like it. that you can match the sound of the fans to actual people who look like fans and aren't cardboard cutouts. Henry, you disagree.
0: I think it's horrible. It looks horrible the fact that there's no reaction i mean you are telling me if they're going to go as far as to create cgi for for the fans you can't create cgi with reaction like if well, you're going to show fan, reaction either if if you're going to if you're going to show the cgi fans when they're mainly hitting a home run you know what give me something with some action give me some cheers <laughs> come on you record everything that, that shit was horrible i felt like i was watching a, a bad 8 bit video game
2: I, I have uh, input on that on uh, how they should do it better. Um, it, it looks like they just um, they're, they're working with MLB the show on those crowds because it I mean, I played MLB the show. <laughs> they should work with them even more about how to re- have to have them react better during games. I mean, I agree with I agree with uh, Henry on, on that. It's cool at, at, in some aspect, but yeah, they should add some um some reactions to it with the fans. Yeah,
0: I can't imagine they can't use real fans because you go through the legal process of getting them, them cleared and using their likeness and all that kind of stuff. You know, so I'm sure you can't use any of that, but I like I prefer the cutouts. You can have them personalized, you know, hi mom, you know, hold little signs up or something. I just I, I give me the cardboard cutouts instead of the CGI fans all day. I
1: like the CGI because you can fill all the stands. Now, again, now, Brian, you know, Orswood had pointed out in the comments that he, he's like, he's not understanding why people are getting hung up on the crowd noise and the fans. Uh, to a degree, I agree with that. Like, the crowd noise part doesn't bother me. The pipe didn't fake crowd noise. I actually don't mind at all. Really, we just go to fandom for the most part for reactions, and that's what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the atmosphere is not there. That affects the players more than it affects me and the cgi is like you know these things are nice visuals if you remember with the yankees i was actually happy they didn't have anything at first they just covered the bleachers which yeah. is fine with me i think that's the smartest it's the best eye you know visual appeal aesthetics um but if you're going to do something i prefer the cgi because you could fill all the seats and the crowd noise matching it is you know good enough but i'm not like hung up on it like some people are like i won't watch i'm like well that's ridiculous I think it's cool. You can hear the crack of the bat. Like, you can hear players yelling at each other. That part's cool.
0: People are extreme. If people go extreme one way or extreme the other, they won't watch They're full of shit. They're going to watch the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, one for thing for I For nothing hope...
0: else, watching Dusty Baker get caught with a hot mic calling someone, a little fucker, was, was great.
1: <laughs> that is the one thing I'm hoping MLB does more of. I don't see any sign of it. They have a lot of players and coaches mic'd up throughout the game, but they're not, like – live mic'd up like I want to hear them as they actually are in the field not like randomly at whatever they choose to play I want to like I want the whole game mic'd up
0: did you see the uh yesterday at ESPN they had uh Phil Nevin mic'd up for the Yankees yes <laughs> talking about food was it what he was he talking about, about food and it's giving him gas and it went That's right
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil Nevin ate some food that was making him gassy, and he's talking about it in the dugout. And they played it. He's all mic'd up, talking beyond his mask. Yeah, that was that's awesome. Like, if you if you can't like give me that. fans, give me that.
0: Yeah, I like that's real shit. That's the stuff that gets talked about, you know. There yeah. was also uh, I forgot who gave up the home run. I think it was the the Aaron one of the Aaron Judge home runs, and you heard the pitcher yell "fucking ESPN" try to like catch it right after, but they were just a second too late. So yeah, you know, the mics picked it up.
1: That's the kind of stuff I'm into. Uh and it's a perfect transition to other things I'm into. And that is that Shoei Otani no, is <laughs> unfortunately for Ooh. Angels fans going to be uh out for a while. I you know, I'm guessing he went immediately to get an M R I. What's that? I
0: know he I know he was getting an MRI. did anything come back?
1: No results yet. I from Angels fans, uh my former colleague over at Above the Dugout has reported that um the rumor is that the Angels knew immediately what's wrong with him. They're sending him to get an MRI, I imagine, to delay the, denou- yeah, the announcement. This is the second time with Otani now. He tries to pitch and his arm explodes. Um, that's it. I mean, the, the experiment's over for me. Yeah. You know, if I'm an Angels and I'm investing in this guy, and I know it's not very much, right? Like, one of the huge benefits for the Angels is that Otani came before he was a free agent, so they control him. Uh, idiotic move on Otani's part. Hey, he loves baseball. Great. But at this point, and I said this his rookie year when he got hurt, the Angels are going to have to make a choice. This guy is not the next Babe Ruth. He's not a modern-day Babe Ruth. He's not a modern-day anything except a DH who hits pretty well. And that's what he should be, and that's what they should build him as, and that's what they should pay him as while they have him cheap. This experiment of him being this starter who made a like whopping 11 starts his rookie year and everyone's like, he's an ace and he's a home run hitter, is over. And he made two starts this year. One, he didn't record an out. The other one, he walked five guys in like an inning and, a, and two-thirds and got bombed again. So he hasn't even been a good pitcher. Now, some of that could be injury-related. He threw 42 pitches, and Joe, I want to kill you or all this Chapman Madden left him in. I don't know if that had to do with his arm at all, but uh, but the experiment's over to me. It, he's not a pitcher, and even if you wanted to decide one of the other, pitcher or hitter, you go with hitter because it's a much safer route and it's the route where his elbow doesn't explode. So those are my two cents, but it looks like he's probably going to be out for the year if I had to guess in the short season.
0: Yeah, well, Tani, you know, it's weird because he, he didn't come over like some of the other guys where he could come over as a free agent and then, you know, uh, sign for whatever he wanted. He's playing on a rookie contract. I right. think he's making 700 grand, so there's no monetary value him you know, if you're getting hurt like that and you're missing time you're costing yourself money is what you're really doing you know there was two things that were important to him location and he wanted to go two ways and at that point he had the leverage to to request I want to go to a team that's going to play me both ways and like right. I said that experiment is over I think if you're the angels you genuinely have to say okay I think this is done if you know you get fixed and you want to be a reliever of some sorts or something maybe we'll revisit that but I think his day's as a pitcher should be done, let him play the outfield, let him, you know, get some reps there, or, or, you know, they say he can play the outfield, so see what you got there.
1: Yeah, we'll see. At this point, if you're the Angels, I think it's totally fair to make him write an essay, reflection paper, uh, explaining why his utilization was not correct, why he's injured. I think that's totally fair, what goes around comes around. And, you know, you got to give him, I don't know, an MVP award or something, make him feel better about himself.
0: It helped helped his first season. What's that? Said it's bad enough he stole the rookie of the year.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, he'll always have that. So, um, hope those 11 starts were worth it.
0: I hope so he doesn't up a, a modern-day unheld bro.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice – another Yankee who got screwed. Nice, obscure reference. I like that. Uh, yeah, not looking good for Otani. Obviously, not looking good for the Angels in general. Um, no pitching, and now they have a little bit less of it. Let's go to a happier note. Let's go to plays of the week. Uh, and let's start, Rob, with my favorite play of the week or plays <laughs> of the week. So cue that up for me. Speaking of things that Vince Mercandetti from Dong City hates, let's show the Houston Astros. This is the very beginning of the week. It feels like a lifetime ago. Joe Kelly telling the Astros how I feel. That's Alex Bregman in case you remember him. He's hitting like 212 on the season, I think. Um, hit a big home run. That doesn't matter. That's him really feeling sad about himself after Kelly threw like 96. Nowhere near his head, by the way, but some people say it was uncalled for. He takes his base like a little butterfly. Now we've got the next batter here. This is Carlos Correa, often injured. I'm shocked, Henry, he did not get hurt falling down there, but he he stood his ground there to complain, presumably, with his little mustache. That's him giving a side eye. That's him looking around. That's him spitting and breaking protocol for COVID. Uh, and then it's Joe Kelly who gets the eight-game suspension out of this. But, hey, we started off the week with fireworks, Dodgers, Astros, rematch of that 2017 World Series. And skinny Joe Kelly goes after back-to-back batters. Doesn't hit either of them. Uh, but he made them mad, so I'm happy about that. That was our first play of the week.
0: Yeah, there was no social distancing. There was no uh, – You can if someone gets sick, we can blame the Angels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. The I'm a, sorry. A, blame, blame I the, the Astros.
1: Astros. We'll blame the Angels, too. I'll blame Otani and the Astros. How's that? I,
0: not, not a bad John Boy impression. I'm digging it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there he goes. So that was, that was my it. first update.
1: We forgot that Joe Kelly became a meme from that with his sad face. And uh, and there you go. So, Joe Kelly, much respect to you. I don't care about the politics involved in it. Let's go to your clip, Henry, here. This is the second one.
0: Second one is my man, Shane Bieber. My man is dominating the league. He's picking up where he left off last season. In the second start of the season, my man struck out 13. 13 batters in eight innings. He was just killing it, man. You got it up, Rob?
1: Yeah, we're watching it now. This is Shane Justin Bieber just dominating. Dominating. Henry, the most impressive thing about this, it's the Twins lineup.
0: Yeah. No, Shane Bieber was was just money. And he's not like you said. It's the, the twins lineup. He's just sitting everybody. And then they they're not even like making good concerts. They're just missing horribly. They don't he's have a chance. Stupid with his breaking ball in and out, pitching on all four corners of the zone. He was just something ridiculous.
1: Those pitches, he was painting. I don't know if you, I don't know if you could see where those pitches were located. So it was a speck of the strike zone every time.
0: So much movement.
1: Yeah, unbelievable pitching. Uh, So that's our second one. By the way, we have like 10 for you this week. We had five last week. We are uh, becoming a little more confident this time. So let's go to the next one. Not really a baseball clip per se, but worth showing. Rob, why don't you give us the beautiful lyrical stylings of Susan Waldman here. And I'll explain after we hear just how angelic her voice is.
2: Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. What so we hailed at the twilight's
1: last <laughs> So smart- you could cut it, Rob. <laughs> a little background story to this, the reason I chose it. That was the Yankees opening day. Uh, what was left out of that clip was a really nice um, ceremony for first responders in New York City that they did first. but. The fun part of the opening day was Garrett Cole and Susan Waldman had made a bet (laughs) way back when he was on the Pirates. And Susan Waldman said if the Yankees ever signed Garrett Cole, uh, if they ever signed him and brought him to the Yankees, because remember, they drafted him first, and then he went to college, and then he went to the Pirates. Mm -hmm. um, She would sing the national anthem on opening day. And that's exactly what happened. So that was Susan Waldman singing the national anthem on opening day. Uh, happened to be no fans, but she came through on her promise. We figured out a few things about this, though. One is that Garrett Cole could barely contain his laughter. But two is that Susan Waldman used to be on Broadway <laughs> in the 1980s, which I, I had I no didn't idea. Know,
0: I didn't know any of that until all of this came up.
1: Yeah. So Susan Waldman is one of those people who is constantly criticized. I mean, made fun of all the time. And I get it. Like her, her color commentary to me leaves a lot to be desired on radio. She's with John Sterling, which doesn't make it any better. Um, but she is a pioneer in broadcasting for women and a former Broadway star, and she's been there forever. So yeah. much credit to Susan Waldman. I, when, when she opened her mouth, I was like, this is going to be humiliating.
0: And then she, thought, she held her I, own. I thought we were seeing another, a William Hung type thing you know where we were it was a joke i thought you know, it would be funny yeah and i had no idea she she was a, a very good singer still is apparently i mean but she did her thing man kudos to I, her that's not easy
1: i thought it was supposed to be a like a joke like it was going to humiliate her because of whatever but she held her own i mean as much as you can hold your own for someone who doesn't sing every day mike feldstein points out that she um i guess has sung the national anthem at fenway before which i i don't remember any of those I but know. uh yeah, so she's you know, done that you before. Know what she was also the first voice on WFAN. That was one of the reasons she's a pioneer in, in broadcasting and, and in radio.
0: You know what else happened in that game, real quick, is George Steinbrenner's granddaughter saying, God bless America, and that was William Hung-esque.
1: Really? I yeah. don't r I, I watched that game and I don't even remember that. It was bad. Oh great. Well like, there we you go.
0: Outside. She had this big American flag in the background. It was bad.
1: Tough year for the Steinbrenner family. Uh well yeah so Waldman wins that battle again. Let's get to your your next clip Henry. And this is the more I think about it, the more unbelievable it is.
0: Well yeah, uh I completely lost my Tyler Alexander
1: making yes. his debut.
0: Tyler Go Alexander. Ahead, my man Tyler Alexander. Robbie playing the clip? Yeah. Okay, Tyler Alexander sets an American League record. He strikes out nine batters, every batter he faced in three innings. And we're not talking about just Pushovers. We're talking about Mike Mustakas, Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winkler, Nick Senzel, Josh Van Meter, Freddie Galvez, Tucker Brahan, Shogo Akiyama, and Nick Castellanos. Those were his nine victims, and one, two, three, four, five of them were swinging. My man came in, looked dominant, and that was just something beautiful to watch.
1: So this was his debut on the season, or yes, yeah, so for this.
0: No, he he pitched some last year. Um, was he on the Dodgers? I don't know why. I, like, no,
1: remember he, his name, but not where he was.
0: He pitched five games for the Tigers last year.
1: Okay. So, this is his season debut. He yeah, struck sure out.
0: Pitched, I mean, he, he, he started eight games and, and played in 13 games last year. So, you know.
1: Okay. Yeah. One of those teams I just don't, don't follow. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he strikes out the entire Reds lineup essentially in a row.
0: I, I think he was one strikeout short of uh, the major league record.
1: Yeah. He one one
0: major league record.
1: Yeah. So unbelievable props to Tyler Alexander there. Detroit not going to have many happy memories, uh, but that is one that they I'm sure will cherish as the fans. Rob, let's get to yours that you throw in here. Uh, this was a highly coveted clip this week, so why don't you take us through it?
0: Yeah, Roger told us from us.
2: Yes, um, I I was watching it on Twitter, and um, and it would happen to be the Dodgers and the uh, Diamondbacks, and uh, um, Mookie Betts, the sworn enemy of the Reds of the Yankees for many years as a Red Sox player, now with the Dodgers, and uh, he throws this gem from outfield to catch. Marte going to third. There
1: we go. There we go. So, so as you're saying, this is Diamondbacks-Dodgers. This is down the line, some weird shift that doesn't work out. Uh, I mean,
0: you know, who's One of the fastest guys. I was going to say,
1: no slouch running, and, I, and that is a hose. That's a bazooka. It's not even a hose. He I'm threw that from a right-field corner on the fly <laughs> and catches Marte – and it wasn't close. <laughs> I mean, he nailed
0: him. I'm going to say this. That was Clemente-esque. That yeah. was from deep in the corner, one of the fastest guys in the league. And like you said, on the fly, he put it on the only spot he can possibly put it to because he was still almost safe. That was just, that was beautiful. I agree. That was one of the best things I've seen in a very, very long
2: time. I, I, I totally agree with the, with the clemente um, 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 choice. Uh, also, he also re- reminded me of Ichiro. Ichiro did the
0: same thing. Like, you yeah,
1: see, I, I think that Vlad throw was probably better. Too. Any, yeah.
0: That was probably better than any throw I've ever seen from Ichiro. With that, the All Star Game one, that throw was that good to me. Yeah, if, I, I mean, who's I was... running? Who's running the situation? Where it was placed? Everything? Where he was? Oh, he was all the way in the corner. It, I don't it, think I've seen a better throw in my lifetime. And
1: Betts isn't a big guy either. That's what makes it maybe the most impressive, but just totally athletic. Uh and a bowler for those of you who have never very
0: good bowl. then he bowl three hundred a couple times? Yeah. I believe he bowled three hundred a few times.
1: Yeah, he's done it before. Let's get to your, this next one here is is yours, Henry. Uh it's a story of a man named Story.
0: Yeah, this one, Trevor Story was so good this week, man. We had the do you have my clip, Rob, that I put together? I I this is actually two clips of Trevor Story. The first one is, is he makes this, it bounces off Daniel Bard. He sits on his ass, makes the throw, with still plenty of time, and then here's the second one with this beautiful dive, just embarrassing the Padres defensively all weekend. Trevor Story, who's one of the best defensive shortstops in the game, who's elevated his game from when he first started, and just kudos to him because those two plays were just terrific. I couldn't choose one, so I spliced them together and said, this is where we're going.
1: Now I'm with you. I did the exact same thing. So let's move it over from shortstop over to third base. Uh, just to show you, Dong City does does not hate. We've got Rafael Devers here. Look, I've called him Fat Devers all offseason because he gained a bunch of weight. It always worries me when players who were skinny gain weight. It's one thing if you're Tony Gwynn. It's another thing if you're Rafael Devers or Pablo Sandoval. Obviously the Red Sox don't care much about morbid obesity. You've got... Devers here, and this is a, these are, of course, against the Yankees. That's Andujar hitting at 300 miles per hour. Devers doesn't give a shit. He's going to try and turn two. He gets the out yeah, at second. That's the important one. Red Sox lose anyway. Uh, and then we've got – here's a replay of it. So, I, I mean, that, that first is Devers moving to his right, <laughs> making a diving catch, and then throwing it to second. Not easy angles. I mean, he made it look easier than it was, and he looks plenty athletic there. Maybe he lost the weight already. Rob, you have the second one? So here's the second one. This is the next day. <laughs> Yankees or Red Sox, this is the last night. And now he's going to take a hit away from Aaron Judge, originally called safe. They review it and figure out that he was actually out. Devers gets credit for the play, highlights for Boston. Looked like Boston, would, you know, had a shot to win that game, and they did. Uh, they end up, of course, losing as we'll get to more of Aaron Judge later. But, I mean, that's – I mean, look at him, first of all, make the stab. He's in foul territory when he winds up and throws across the diamond. And, again, Aaron Judge, not the slowest runner. He's a pretty good base runner, and he nails him. And you can see right there, he just got him uh, for the out. They would overturn the call. He'd get credit. So, back-to-back nice plays there from Devers.
0: What I I like is his arm slot comes over top. He doesn't throw side on like most uh, third basemen. He actually comes over the top. And kudos to him, man. He got a lot of shit coming in the league. A lot of scouts were shitting on him saying he couldn't play third base long-term. He's lost weight. His footwork got better. And you know what? He's holding it down. You give him credit. Credit credit is due, even if he's on Boston.
1: Yeah, fantastic plays. Let's get to the next one. We're going to stay over at third base. And because I felt so badly about the Yankees getting robbed a couple times, I wanted to show Yankee highlights. So, <laughs> let's go. Yankees third baseman here, Gio Urshela, maybe the find of the century since the beginning of 2019. Uh, this is him returning the favor against Boston. So this was actually that, uh, was this, yeah, the beginning of that series. Gio from well into foul territory gets Christian Vasquez running to first. I mean, look where he ends up when he throws this ball. And by the way, it's off his back foot. Uh, Eli Manning would have thrown an interception with that kind of positioning. Gio (laughs) Urshela throws it across the diamond and nails him by plenty. Now Vasquez is a catcher, but he's not the slowest catcher. That's geo being geo. That's the same kind of stuff, Henry, that doesn't show up in his advanced metrics that say he's basically an average third baseman.
0: I get it. And it was, it was a looping throw, too. So, you know, you would think that it wouldn't have been there as fast. But it was on it was the money. I give him credit. I mean, even when you drink, when you drink a little and, you, and you're calling Sunday night baseball games, you may even call him the best third baseman in the American League.
1: Yeah, when you're drunk and high. Uh, And, yeah, have an ESPN job. You might do that. So, let's get to this final one, Henry. This one's back to you. Showing some love to a division rival, just as Felipe right on cue. making in front of us for showing a Yankee highlight. Let's get to a real one with
0: Mullins. I needed to show some love to the O's. This has a double meaning. You know, you have Cedric Mullins here. Nice diving play against Tyler Wade. Proving, Vince, once again wrong on this one that (laughs) Tyler Wade... The little that he can do, even when he gets a hit, it gets robbed.
1: Hey, that was a rope, though. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, Tyler Wade lowering his average there from 100 to whatever is less than that and however many at-bats he has. Those are our top highlights of the week. Uh, Rob, let's get to a score update before we get into home runs over here.
2: Uh, yes, uh, the Phillies and Yankees are tied st- uh, right now, and the Mets and Braves are still scoreless, going to the top of the third. everything. Every other game is starting late, and um, back to you guys.
1: Thank you, and Brian gives us an update. Otani diagnosed with a strain of flexor tendon. Is this flexor strain mm-hmm. going to be the new, like, what is this? Because every single it's time I notice it, they get Tommy John anyway.
0: It's like the new oblique. Remember when, like, Everyone in MLB, I think it was like 2007, yeah. 10, 2018, everyone had an oblique injury. Oh, cool, it's a couple weeks, and then it turns into two, three months. Verlander this is what had is. the
1: flexor strain too, right? That's what they told – yeah, I, these guys are all getting Tommy John. I don't want to hear about the flexor strain made up.
0: Verlander has a case of a PED, la, you know, lag and, and the shit that it does to you.
1: Yeah, so – Good. He's got a flexor strain. I wouldn't hold my breath as far as seeing Otani this season. We'll see how it goes. Uh, So, yeah, 1-1 now in the Yankee-Phillies game. Are you nervous at all? I mean, we kind of expected this to a degree. Are you nervous at all about Garrett Cole giving up this many home runs early in the season? No. Yeah, I'm not either. But I will say, I mean, that's where the ERA is going to come in. Like, he's not going to have a 250 ERA, or he's not going to have whatever he had last year, like two. 30 ERA with the Yankees I think it'll be like 280 but yeah, that's where sub it's three, be I'm happy.
0: he's not giving up he's not giving up home runs in big spots more importantly you know he's giving up cheap right. home runs here and there he's not giving up you know home runs you know where, where teams are taking a lead and, and in big moments you know what he's poorly locating and they get taken advantage of so be it
1: yeah I'm with you um I, I They've been like solo home runs for the most part. He gave up a two-run home run. Uh, I forget his last start, but they were up like 7-1, to one, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not nervous about it. I, I'm sure it'll frustrate me at some point when it's like a solo home run in a 1-1 game. But for now, comes with the territory of going to the AL East, fans are not. So, Rob, let's get into our home run segments here. Chick's digging the long ball. We're going to go back to the Red Sox, back to Christian Vasquez. This was early in the week. Red Sox-Mets some dongs the beginning of the end for the Mets uh Christian Vasquez hits home run number one that puts the Red Sox up one nothing Mets feisty as they were would end up coming back in that game I think to take a 2-1 lead or something along those lines and then it's Christian Vasquez coming up a second time and Rob let's see what he does this time
2: one, one second is a little bit the delay. Give All right. One. Vesca is
1: on a delay. Mets get to stand around a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> this series, to me, really was like the start of just an awful week for them. They, they win the first game, lose the next two, and then they get swept by uh, – who did they just play? The Braves. The Braves, yeah. So
0: You see that CGI um, fan make that catch in the stands?
1: No, I missed it.
0: <laughs> so, just uh, – because everyone knows I'm still a Brett Gardner fan and Vince is not just a heads up. I just got an alert. Brett Gardner hit a home run hmm. one Yankees. Keep it going. Well, let me
1: clarify. <laughs> I think he's an ideal fourth outfielder. <laughs> I don't think there, I don't think Brett Gardner like shouldn't be on a roster. I just think we have better options to play him and to play in the left. In this exact example, we don't because he just homered. So kudos to Brett to one Yankees. Rob, how are we doing with the clip?
2: Not good. <laughs> Not good all at right. all. Give me a sec. <laughs>
1: we got one nothing Mets. Uh so they're winning. Pete Alonzo up against uh Mike Saraka Sauce over there. Um, oh, sounds like something promising. Might,
2: might be it. Hold on, one second.
1: Okay. Rob's like in labor giving out these home run highlights. <laughs> all right.
2: It looks like I got it. Hold on.
1: Okay, let's see it.
2: Let's see here and
1: here and there we go yeah you, know, you, you went deep for this one i like that all right so this is vasquez's second event so yeah i was right two one mets now there's a runner on this one's in the fourth so still early Uh oh, i can't quite grab it that's over into the m&ms two run home run that was it that's all the red sox needed they won that game four two so christian vasquez literally wins the game with two
0: dongs was that was that uh, JD davis again
1: yeah, and left, not not looking athletic at all. Yes, that was J.D. Davis. Uh, let's go to the next highlight. Rob, are we ready for that? This one's yours, Henry. This is your favorite German.
0: My man, Max Mad Max Kepler. After being embarrassed by Shane D. the <laughs> night before, my man comes back, and he absolutely smokes one off of Clevenger. It is to the distance of my favorite Jay-Z album, 4 4 107 miles right over the right field wall. Rob, you got that clip?
2: Getting getting close. And looks Open. like I got it. One second. Here
1: we go. It's funny. From a fa- like, I was having a conversation with a friend from a fantasy baseball standpoint. And once Bieber had that day with Clev- – he has Clevenger on his fantasy team. He's like, <laughs> Clevenger's going to get bombed. It's guaranteed. Like, <laughs> you can't hold the twins down back-to-back <laughs> nights like this. And there's Kepler going sh- – uh, I mean, that, is that the deepest part of a, a giant ballpark? He killed that ball.
0: Savage. By the way, Max Kaplan is probably one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the game today.
1: Clevander starting to look like a Geico caveman. <laughs> uh, that's a lot going on for for Need Clevander. For <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yes, good point. Even from a fantasy standpoint, he's one of those guys who, like, doesn't get drafted in 12-team leagues, and then you look up, and he's got, like, 30 home runs and doesn't embarrass you in any category every year. Uh, Max Kepler, I agree. He would be on my underappreciated players list, and he just showed why there. Now we go to the next one. This one, again, early in the week. Again, Dodgers-Astros. Again, a rematch of the 2017 World Series. This is Edwin Rios, one of those Dodgers prospects that, like, come out of nowhere, destroy the minor leagues, come to the majors. He's in the 13th inning. He gets a two-run home run, kind of pimps it, looked a little Michael Jackson-esque there. Two-run shot. Astros go home. Uh, That was the, I think, the longest game so far this season. They just kept on not getting runners home in extra innings until Rios did that. Game ends 4-2, so a nice long dong from Edwin Rios, and uh, that that's mine. So now we go to the, ne- the next one. This one's also mine. This is just a – if you're into dongs and you like Dong City, you're going to like this because this has been unbelievable. Matt Vaskersian literally went into labor over this last night, and we're about to do the same thing. Aaron Judge has now homered in five consecutive games. And in that span, he has hit six home runs. And out of those six home runs, all of them have tied the game or put the Yankees out in front. And I think, Henry, out of those six home runs where all of them have tied or put the game out in front, four of them were game winners. Yep, they were. So every single one of these clutch, we'll take you through it here. Here is all of Aaron Judge's home runs in the past six games, which is basically this week. Here's the first one. We're going to talk more about that one in a second. Uh, But that's him homering in the ninth off or off of the Orioles down by a run. Uh, This is him also homering off of the Orioles. And uh, just the one nice thing about no fans, you can see exactly where judge and Stanton's home runs land. Here's him against the Red Sox. If you didn't like him pulling the ball too much, that's him going opposite field. There aren't many guys in the league who take that ball out of the ballpark. That's Jackie Bradley Jr. getting his cleat stuck and not somehow shattering his leg. This is Judge the next day against the Red Sox. He can stand up, look at that. That's my first introduction to CGI fans. Judge looking bored of hitting all of his home runs.
0: I have,
2: this to, put, I have to put the sign on this one. We're down.
0: That last <laughs> one savage. <laughs> that was, so that's Judge. Those
1: last two were both in the same game. That's why you have Matt Vascursion having aneurysms twice. Uh, one though was with them losing, he puts him out in front. And the second one was also losing, but in the ninth inning, and he puts or yeah, in the ninth inning he puts or eighth inning he puts them out in front. So those were the last two there, but that's Matt versus the best version of losing his shit. Um, to be fair to Matt, one is that I thought the calls were good. I thought he was too loud, obviously. But two is that um, he just finished talking about how Aaron Judge had homered four games in a row right before the first home run when he homered five games in a row. And then, of course, the next one was a game winner, essentially, in the bottom of the eighth. I mean, it wasn't a walk-off, but it was a game winner. So – there was at least reason to be excited. Did he go over the top? Yeah, he did. Absolutely. So, those I, are our dongs of the week.
2: I do have uh, some input on that. Um, one of the uh, one of the home runs of Aaron Judge. I didn't particularly like what Alex Rodriguez said on why is Aaron Judge hitting second. And after he said that, he hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's hitting
0: second. second.
2: After.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I will. I am. I am of the Yankee Truthers Brigade, where I think that they don't have their most optimal lineup. I would prefer Judge not to at second, except he's hitting second because back when we used to move him around the lineup, that was the only place he was hitting consistently. So I kind of get it, but
0: I think does it make sense for, to have him second?
1: You probably have better
0: options. But I think you bat him in front of Stanton and you move Torres up.
1: I would like to see DJ hit cleanup. It's out of the box. It's a little bit like the Red Sox did in 2018. I think they had Bogart hitting cleanup. And at the time, he wasn't, you know, what he is now. He was still good, but not what he is now. And
2: uh,
0: – He was something I, up last night too, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was unbelievable last night. We could have very well put some of his web gems from the weekend into that highlight reel. But to me – You've got – you can have someone like Hicks. He's not going to embarrass you with on-base percentage. He's a pretty good base runner and a switch hitter. You can have him lead off. You can put Torres, who I always thought was not a, an ideal second hitter, in the two-hole. And then you've got Judge in the three-hole. That makes the most sense. He's your most damaging and best hitter. Uh, and then I'd like to see DJ clean up because he's the best with runners in scoring position. He makes the most contact, and he can hit to all fields. So you're never – like he will get – Runners in who are on base, and if he doesn't, then you have Stanton after him and DJ seeing all fastballs batting in front of Stanton yeah. so that's my that's my case for that, but those are your home runs now let's go back to one of them, uh, and this is our favorite segment, boone headed play of the week. We promised you it would not always be Aaron Boone, although Aaron Boone was involved in this game, it was not him. it was his opposing manager this time who gets credit for the boone headed play of the week. Can we go back, Rob? To one of those judge home runs, and we can add more context to it.
2: Rob? I think I lost it. Give me one second and just go to back.
1: Rob's computer is like a black hole. (laughs) 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 Yes. Things disappear. Yeah. Yeah, uh, (laughs) We'll give you a minor score update. By the way, this is so Mets Braves, no surprise here. Uh, we'll get to the matchup in a second. DeGrom pitching on in that game, that explains why the Braves have no runs. My fantasy pitcher, uh, Soraka pitching against them nothing So that explains why the Mets have runs. Now it's three one Yankees as Aaron Hicks right on time doubles in, Aaron Judge. So three one uh Jake Arietta ain't shit. We're seeing that now. Rob, how are we doing?
2: Yeah, we're good now.
1: All right, let's see it. So let's go through this highlight. That's not it. We want to get to the one against the Orioles. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So this was the one that was in the ninth inning against Baltimore. And uh, here's the scenario. This is why I get to headed player of the week. Baltimore had a – what was it, like a 6-5 lead at the time? 5-4 lead, something like that?
2: I think it's most likely this one right there. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) that was it. That's
1: the one. Orioles are up a run, ninth inning. One guy on for the Yankees. Now, because of defensive situations and whatnot, Tyler Wade was hitting behind Aaron Judge at this point. You have a guy on second, not on first, in this situation, and Judge at the plate, and it's a 3-1 count. The obvious thing to do would be not necessarily that you have to walk him, but you don't throw him a strike. And you definitely don't throw him a pitch that's a fastball up in the zone like that, 95 miles per hour right down the middle. They don't do that. they decide to face judge. Now the reason this is so stupid is you have Tyler Wade on base and if you walk judge, it's first and second one out, you have a double plate and win the game makes and you're sense. up by a run. instead you decide to throw a three-1 cookie right down the plate, and judge hits, hits the home run and wins the game
0: makes make sense. any sense? None whatsoever. You With have Tyler Wade maybe
1: the worst hitter on the roster on deck. The dude doesn't hit his weight. right. It just that made no sense whatsoever. I would have been kicking myself if I was an Orioles fan. Like right now there are seventeen people who are so angry over that. And they are Orioles fans. So pour some out for them. Uh that is our, our segment those are our segments as far as this past week. Like I said, three nothing match, three one Yankees right now. Let's get into our games to watch this so, week.
0: For the record, those are the only two games on right now in case anyone's crying about us being New York centric.
1: Yeah, we have no choice in this case. Um, it's Jake telling me that Soroka may have tore his Achilles and he's yeah, been taken out of the game. I'm,
0: I'm literally checking my Twitter feed and
1: yeah, I'm, I better get a refund on fantasy. I
0: That's love I love Soroka and going into our next segment, this was my choice. So yeah,
1: so the games of the week. This was your game, Henry, and it has turned to shit before we can even get to it.
0: Yeah, this was my game of the week. I was excited to see this. This is the rematch of Opening Day, Soroka versus Degrom. Both of them, you know, amazing ERAs. DeGrom at 1.64. Soroka with 1.59. Both of them you know, 12Ks, 5Ks. They both look good opening day. I wanted to see this. And Soroka, I think, gave up three runs and apparently is down with an, what looks like an Achilles injury. So who knows?
1: Got uh, two and a third, three hits, three runs, four walks, no strikeouts, one less Achilles. That's the line on, on uh, Soroka. DeGrom, by the way,
0: Really sad, man. One of, the, one of the nice up-and-coming
1: young studs in this game. Man. Uh, it's devastating to the Braves, too. I mean, their pitching has already not been what they want it to be with D being off the team. Now you have
0: this. Look, i tell you what. We can work on some James Pax in at Atlanta. We can do something.
1: <laughs> that, that deadline coming <laughs> fast and furious, about four weeks. Uh, DeGrom, two innings, one hit, four strikeouts. So, in case you were worried about DeGrom, you know, being anything other than DeGrom, nothing to worry about on his way to a third Cy Young at this rate. Uh, so that was your game. But it was supposed to be a great matchup, end around round two matchup, end division rival matchup. I'm totally with you. That would have been my game if it wasn't yours. My game's going to be one that we're going to see this Saturday. So this is, by the way, the Yankees schedule this week. Because of these games, they got impacted by the Phillies having to cancel their games when the clubhouse attendance had COVID. So they're making up two games with the Phillies now, three games with the Phillies now, four games with the Phillies now. They're making up games with the Phillies Monday through Thursday of this week. Um, tomorrow
0: already being postponed.
1: Yes, tomorrow's game is postponed. Now Yahoo's playing tricks on me. Originally it had Wednesday as a doubleheader, which makes total sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, instead they've taken that away. I assume it's still happening. Either way, it's Yankees-Phillies through Thursday tomorrow because of the weather that missed Florida that's going to come up and hit New York instead. Uh, or Philly yeah, instead.
0: No. Who had that in the pool?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good planning there. Uh, but this Saturday or this weekend, we have the Yankees and Rays. They play starting Friday. They have a doubleheader Saturday. As of exactly right now, that might be the first doubleheader. The first game of that doubleheader is a two ten start, and it's Yankees-Rays, and it's Cole versus Glass now. So that is my matchup of the week. And what makes it more intriguing is you have to see which direction these managers go. I'm going to assume Kevin Cash goes the most intelligent direction because he's a good manager. I'm going to assume Aaron Boone does the exact opposite. And that is that I would have Glassow and Cole try and finish that game. You can have complete games like we saw from Trevor Bauer yesterday in a doubleheader. He had a seven-inning complete game. You got two guys who can throw all seven innings. You don't even need the bullpen for the first half of that doubleheader. I'm going to guarantee almost, almost guarantee, one stop short, that Boone will pull Cole at some point based on some reason that's stupid, like it's a save situation. That's my guess. It's Boone, of course. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. You'll join us next Monday to find out if I'm right or not. If, if Cole pitches all seven innings, and, it, you know, if he has a terrible start, that's one thing. But I think that he will be pulled for something that is not pitch count and it is not from performance. We'll find out. Uh, but that was my game of the week. Rob, you get a game of the week here is yours also a pitcher's duel, or what do we have going on for you?
2: Actually, it's a it's a team um, um, game of the week thing. I'm, I'm not going with pitchers this time Oh, uh, in, in cases of you and, and Henry. I'm going with the Dodgers and the Padres um, series. That should be really interesting um, because right now, the Padres are looking really good for a young team. We expected them to be good, but not this good this early. And, of course, the Dodgers, they are a the team to beat. in the the West. So I'm looking forward to that series this week.
1: It is a David versus Goliath to an extent, but those are the top two teams in the West Padres above 500 and they've got a farm system where very soon it could be a Goliath versus Goliath in that division. So good choice, Rob. I'm excited for that too.
0: They're slugging everything, both of them.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we saw a little taste of the Padres last year. Um, they're pitching. You know, you saw Paddock come up and kind of light the world on fire. Lamet Lem- is healthy now. Uh, he's a strikeout machine. But now you're seeing the hitters come, and that's where, that's where a team that loses 90 games but has a lot of promise in the future becomes a team that could go to the World Series. <laughs> like a, sometimes, like the 2008 Rays comes to mind. The 2017 Yankees came within a game of the World Series. They kind of came out of nowhere. Um, that's when you see that. I think the Padres and the White Sox have the best shot at that either this year or next year where they could just – I don't like
0: 2008 Rays reference. I think that team was good. That was a good damn team.
1: They're all good, but the Rays were – in 2007 were awful. And in 2008, everyone came up on the scene and just that team became something totally different.
0: They paid Longoria, that's why.
1: <laughs> there you go. Remember, yeah. they, were the
0: team, they were the team that started. They, he was the first. Yeah, he was the first one I ever remember.
1: Yeah, what did he? He was like eight days into his major league career. They, they just
0: they did the right thing. They they realized if we buy out these RBS, he's going to be worth it, and that's what they did.
1: The they way, started a take... trend
0: which picked up like what. 10 years later? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it, it, they started that. The White Sox copying that exact same model with their young guys, the Braves, trying to do the same thing. Um, yeah, they absolutely started that. And, uh, you yeah, know, they had, like, Carlos Pena and some guys, but BJ Upton came up. Like, I think Baldelli was on that team. I mean, they had all sorts of crazy young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Mets fan, just – request next week for me to make fun of the Mets as much as possible because they look like a completely different team against the Braves now. Three-nothing bases loaded, one out in the third. Um, Four-nothing
2: now. Four-nothing now. Uh, Mets are leading the uh, Braves. Four-nothing.
1: So, yeah, so that's it. So those are your games to look forward to next week. Uh, broadcasting programming notes, we've got – Next week's Dong City, obviously, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You know to go in anytime you want. Uh, We're always going to be on here on Dong City, 7 p.m. Mondays, Eastern time. We have the Audible tomorrow, football. If you are a football fan in any sort of way, shape, and form, and you are not in football life, please join it. We will let you in as quickly as possible, and you'll want to tune into the Audible on Tuesdays, exact same time slot, 7 p.m. Eastern. But on Tuesdays, that's with Matt Bushnell and Randy Hammond. They do a great job. They're going to be showcasing the AFC West, tomorrow or nfc west tomorrow that's henry's NFC division He's F- a niners F- fan for some reason
0: right. it? i'll be on the show with the guys tomorrow
1: oh yes with henry himself he'll be talking i'm sure about the niners probably making fun of matt and uh rob you're also a niners fan so i'm surrounded by niners fans from new york someone will explain <laughs> that to me eventually
2: <laughs> yeah um <laughs>
1: And uh, and then the other programming note I wanted to throw in there, Total Bases. If you were with us back in January, we launched a bunch of podcasts. Some of them have gone by the wayside. Some of them came around February. That was Total Bases. And then some of them disappeared and came back. Total Bases is the one that disappeared and came back. That's with Sean Flannery and Felipe Melisio. Uh, they will be on... Sundays, I believe, noontime. I'll, you'll have to see. I'm sure they'll advertise. If you look in our announcements, they were uh, they had their podcast up until earlier today. So they are on Sundays right before us.
0: Yeah, they just popped up. I looked at my feet. I said, oh, shit, they're back.
1: Yeah, so they're back. They are exclusively fantasy baseball. So if you're fantasy baseball, Sean and Felipe are like freaks with their analytics. So they, they will take you through anything you want to know about fantasy baseball. It's a really well-made show. They do a great job. They're an on Sundays. We're on Mondays.
0: They give a ton of good advice. Uh, that's definitely the, the show to watch if you're in fantasy.
1: Yes, absolutely. So that's it. This has been Dong City. Henry, you have anything else to say? Yes.
0: Dong City, bitches. Wait! <laughs> Let's have fun.
1: <laughs> oh. Clothes and everything. I was not expecting that. Oh, we hope that chain's okay. This has been Dark City.